Hey guys, I got 10 steps, 10 basic steps on real estate investing. And I don't want you to count these basic steps out because if you're a fan of like the UFC, you'll, you'll notice that it's always the basic moves that, uh, that take out the opponent, right? So you always want to refer, like revert back to your basics uh, because basics is going to be the foundation of of anything that you move forward and, and trying to uh, pursue, right? So check it out. Let's get started. So so step number one is going to be uh, you might have heard this. Uh, it might it might sound like a broken record, but it's going to be your credit score, right? So you want to make sure that you're that you're working on on ways to improve your credit score. Uh, different little strategies to always improve your credit score, right? And a couple of those strategies to improve your credit score will be um, if, if you don't have any credit, you might want to look into getting a secure credit card, right? Uh, I know Nerd Wallet is a website you can go to where you can look at different uh, credit card and you can go to one where it says Credit Builder and they have secure credit cards, right? Uh, also, you can also do um, increase your credit lines on, on some of your cards if you have current credit cards. You can increase the credit line, you know, offset your your credit, the debt to credit ratio. That's very helpful too. Uh, but credit scores are going to be very important. You want to make sure that you're working on improving your credit score. You want to make sure that you're managing your debt uh, to credit ratio. It's very low. Uh, that's going to be step number one, right? Uh, step number two is going to be to make sure that you have a a savings in place. Uh, just for real estate investing, just for uh, maybe you wanted to buy your first property, have money put aside each month just for your, your property. And the reason why I say this is because uh, I, I know a lot of lenders and they, they tell me all the time, they're like, man, this guy wants to buy a house. You know, he got a, he might've got a settlement or he might've uh, got a, a big contract and he got a big lump sum. And he wants to buy a house, but his credit's not good. Uh, he has some some uh, bills in collection, but he has this lump sum money, and we're not able to help him because he doesn't have no con no track record of like continuous income. So if he if that guy would have like been putting money away, putting money away, putting money away, uh, they could have used that as like a track record to say, you know what, this guy uh, isn't has a habit of like saving money. So he might be someone we might want to do business with. Let's let's help him repair his credit so that we can get him financed. So you always want to have a savings account uh, reserved for you know property, uh, whether it's going to be your first property or uh, an investment property. Uh, number, uh, step number three is going to be to get pre-qualified. And you're probably thinking, well, my credit's bad. Um, I don't have a savings yet. Why would I want to get pre-qualified, right? Well, to get pre-qualified, it's basically the same as like if you were to go to the gym for the first time and you meet your personal trainer, right? And that personal trainer is not going to just look at you and say, okay, let's start working out. Uh, he's going to do an assessment. He's going to say, okay, let's do it. Let, let's take your body weight. Let's take your muscle mass. Let's, to, let's do your, your body fat. Uh, let's, let's see what your, um, what is your goal? Where do you want to be at? And so once you, you have that information, now you have something, you have some direction of which way you need to go and what exercises you need to do to get in that, in that shape, right? It's the same thing with, with buying a property, whether it be your first property or an investment property, you still want to meet with the lender to see if you can get pre-qualified because what they're going to do 
is they're gonna pull your credits. They're gonna pull your credit. Uh, they're gonna ask for for uh, tax returns, financial statements, uh, whatever they ask for. They're gonna ask for those things for a reason to try to get you qualified. If you don't have those things, don't worry about it. That that means that you gotta just get those those paperwork, get that paperwork in order. So, is this something to get you prepared of what information you need? Because look, you might be. You might be focused a whole year of trying to just get your credit score up and then you go to a lender. He's like, oh, well, all you have to do is pay off this collections or, or something very simple. You might be working on the wrong things. So if you get with a, a lender, they're going to see how they can get you pre-qualified. If they can't, they're going to tell you what you need to do to, to get pre-qualified. And so it just kind of gives you a direction to, to which way to move forward with. Uh, if you're self-employed, step number four is going to be if you're self-employed. If your contract labor kind of the same, uh, if you own a business, is proof of income. So you want to make sure that you have like a proof of income. And I guess that goes back to like the savings account. But you also want to make sure that you have tax returns. You want to make sure that your tax returns are, are done right to where it shows that, that you're actually uh, making income. Uh, because I know like early when I started my first business, uh, my bookkeeper was like, you should just write everything off. Write this off. Write this off. And it really didn't help the business because the business wasn't on paper. The business wasn't growing. Right. So you want to make sure that your, your, your books are in order to where it shows that that you're, you're making a profit or that you're, you're going to be in a position to, to qualify for a loan. So that's going to be probably like proof of income is going to have to be to go to your bookkeeper or even even if you're at if you go to try to get pre-qualified, uh, they're going to say, OK, well, do you have your past tax returns? Uh, well, it shows on this tax return that, you know, you didn't really make that much income. You might want to adjust your income next year so that it shows more income. So you can make those adjustments working with a, a lender to get pre-qualified. And uh, step number five is going to be, uh, so look, you're working on your credit. Uh, you're, you, got your little, you got your savings account going. You're, you might have talked with a lender about getting pre-qualified. Uh, you, you're working on your proof of income for the for the following year. You might want to start to do some research and study your market. And what I mean by that is like, let's say, for example, um, typically, if, if it's your first rental property, your first investment property, you want to get something close by your, your current residence. Right. Uh, and the reason why you want to do that is because you probably know that area best. You wouldn't want to buy an, a, a property in another city or on another way, another side of town that you're not really too familiar with. You want to buy something that you're familiar with. You know the, the crime rate. You know if it's an established neighborhood. You know like if uh, how much those those rental properties go for. How much does a those houses rent for in that areas? So you kind of got get some idea of what what you're dealing with, right? Uh, also, too, like whenever you're researching and comparing markets. It wouldn't be a bad idea to reach out to, to real estate agents. And the reason why I say this is because um, agents, you don't pay for real estate agents. The seller of the property is going to pay their commission. Okay. So a lot of times they, they'll help you find out information on properties. They'll help you run comps because they have access to the MLS. That's an online database where they can see all the listings. They can, uh, it has a lot of information more than what Zillow has and more than what Realtor has. It has a lot of more information and they have access to comps. So what comps are, uh, comps are comparisons of other properties. So for example, if, 
you just go on Zillow and you find a property for sale and you're like, oh, I like this property. Uh, the, real, your, the real estate agent is going to be able to run comps on that to say, okay, you know what? Uh, that property is, is kind of priced kind of high. That's way too much for that property based on this area. And you don't want to overpay for a property that needs a lot of repairs. So, you, so it's always good to work with an agent. And that's going to that's gonna come into play when, it's, when I say research your market and work with an agent to get some information and have them do a lot of the digging for you. What I mean by that is they can find out a lot of information about the property. They can find out like if it's, if it's, if it's, a, if it's a motivated seller, uh, if it's an inheritance, like what's the situation on the property, they might be able to find out more information. Uh, step number six is, um, so th this kind of like, step number six is making offers, okay? You probably, you're probably not going to make offers until you probably get pre-qualified, until you know like you're in a position where, okay, you know what, I'm, I got my credit up, I got my proof of income, I'm working with a lender, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to get pre-qualified, so let me start looking at properties because one thing about making offers is if you're pre-qualified, what the, what the lender will do, they'll, send, they'll give you a letter of, of funds. So they'll, they'll give you a letter, for example, like if you find a property that's listed for 100000 right? Uh, you can get a, a letter from your lender saying that you're pre-approved for this much amount, right? But a cool thing about it is you can use the, lever, the letter as leverage. And a lot of people don't do this because they, they don't, I mean, they don't think about it. But let's say, for example, you get approved for $100,000, right? And you find a house on the market that's $100,000. You can easily say, okay, well, I'm pre-approved for $100,000. Here's $100,000 for the house. I want to buy it, right? Or you can say, okay, you know what? I need you to make my, my pre-approval letter uh, made out for $89,000, okay? Because you don't have to tell the, the, the seller of how much you're approved for. You can you can adjust your the amount on the thing under of what you're approved for. So... Let's say, for example, if you're wanting to buy a house and they, they're selling it for $100,000 and you're approved for $100,000, but you tell your lender, hey, uh, I want you to make my pre-approval letter say that I'm pre-approved for $89,000 and I'm going to put an offer in for $89,000. You can use that as leverage because that means that you, you have the money already to, to, to pull the trigger and buy that property. And the way you're going to find those deals is if that property's been on the market for a long time, and you can you can look at this through like Zillow or Realtor, and it'll say how many how many days it's been on the market. And if it's been on the market for a long time, there's probably a reason. Maybe the price is too high, or maybe they've had an offer. Maybe it was under contract, but the guy couldn't get funding, so it fell out of the deal. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of things that happen with that. So making offer uh, is is going to be a, a, a crucial part. And and one thing about making offers is there's no there's no fee for that. You can make as many offers as you want. I know some guys that make up to 100 offers a year uh, and, and they're lowball offers. They're like, you know what? I'm just going to shoot a lowball offer. Maybe they'll accept it. Maybe not. So don't, don't get emotional whenever you're going to go into real estate investing because once you get emotional and you're like, man, I really love this property. I really love it. I, I, I just feel good. It feels good. And you, you're going to start to overpay for stuff. And when you start to overpay for stuff that needs repairs, you're going to be in bad shape. So don't, don't get too emotional whenever you're going to go into like making offers or don't get too emotional on properties. Uh, keep emotion out and really think logically about it. Say, okay, does this make sense? Uh, based on this price, based on the repairs it needs, does it make sense? So you always want to see if it makes sense. Uh, number seven, 
is going to be a very, very important step, step is uh, inspections. So whenever you get a property under contract, basically that means that that, that seller can't sell the property because it, he's, he's already made a deal with you, right? During that time, you can do as many inspections as you want. And, and what we started doing, we started just doing like every inspection, like termites, AC, water heater, roof, foundation, plumbing, everything. And what it does, it gives us a lot of data back. It gives us a lot of information back. And what we can do is if it's like major repairs or it's something that, that, uh, that we know is going to cause problems down the road. For example, if, if let's say we get the AC guy out there and the AC guy says, Hey Stan, you know what? That AC unit's about to go, man. It's, it's in pretty bad shape. I can use that to renegotiate with the seller and say, hey, you know what? This AC guy gave me a bid on this AC unit and the AC unit's not really worth, uh, worth it anymore. It's going to have to be replaced. You can use that to negotiate the price down more. Same thing with the roof. Same thing with the plumbing. Uh, same thing with any repairs that it needs. Termites, you can negotiate the price down. So inspections is going to be a, a very good negotiation tool. Uh, closing, so step number eight is closing. Closing typically takes like 30 to 45 days. Uh, during that time, you can, you can do all your inspections. You can do all that stuff. If you decide that you don't want to do the deal, you can back out of the deal. You're going to probably lose a little bit of money. I think it's like maybe like a, a hundred bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, but you get to back out of the deal and it's going to save you. So don't worry about that. You want to make sure you do those inspections. Uh, one thing, I mean, if you're working with a, a real estate agent, they're going to make sure they, they get a lot of the details in the, the closing, like as far as title policy, uh, maybe um, homeowner's insurance. There's a lot of little things that the real, the real estate agents will like advise you to get. I suggest like really take those serious and consider those things. And so after closing, you get the keys right. It's where the fun part begins. And it could be the nightmare if you don't, if you don't, Watch what you're doing, right? So once you get the keys, uh, maybe it's your first property. You're excited. So you get into the property and you're like, man, you know what? Uh, maybe your wife's there or, or your partner or whoever. And they're like, man, I, we, we should redesign this because if we redesign it, we can rent it out for more. Like automatically, like it is, it goes from like a small repair to like ma major rehabs, right? You don't want to, you do not want to do major rehabs. This will, will kill you. Because look, you're gonna get in there. And you're gonna say, okay, well, let's let's start uh, putting new kitchen countertops. So whenever you take those countertops out, you're gonna probably have to put the new backsplash, a new sink, a new countertop. You're gonna have to probably redo the plumbing. So look, the the the, the price is gonna jack up quick. You do not want to get into that stuff because once you start to do that kitchen, you're gonna say, man, you know what? We should probably do this. We should probably do this. Maybe we should just buy new appliances. And so the price is going to keep jacking up. And then you're going to be like, well, we need the kitchen. Why don't we do the bathroom? Because it's not going to be right for us to do the kitchen and then not the bathroom. And pretty soon you're going to be in, in, a, in a money pit of just trying to get this thing finished so you can get it rented. And you're going to, you're going to be mad at yourself. So the best thing to do is once you get a property, say, okay, you know what? We're just going to do some minor, minor cleanups. We're going to, we're going to do some minor cleanups. We're gonna change the light fixtures, maybe put some LEDs in there. Uh, the carpet, do we wanna go back carpet or do we wanna go back to the Nolium? Because look, think about this. You don't wanna keep putting carpet and carpet and carpet and carpet. 
If you can put linoleum one time, then you just get done with the whole process. I have a video that we, we did a property that we ranked, we ripped out the carpet because it was a pretty big place. We said, let's rip the carpet out and let's just refinish the floors. And that's going to be the last time we have to fool with the floors. And that was a good call that we did on that. So, hey, uh, the, the value add, this is called the value add, right? So whenever you get the property, you don't want to do this crazy demo. You want to just add little things and it's going to increase the value. For example, you can get the outside of the house painted. You can clean up the front yard, maybe do some minor landscaping. That's going to increase the value of the property. You can put some new outside lights, make it look real nice. That's going to, that's value add. Uh, that's forced appreciation. So those, those little things are going to add value to the property. Uh, you don't have to do this crazy rehab, man. You don't want to get it caught up in that, in that mess because it's just one thing after another with those rehabs. Uh, that was step number nine. Step number 10 is tenants. Uh, most people, whenever you say, hey, I'm going to get into real estate investing, they're always like, well, uh, man, you, it's going to suck having to change commodes and it's going to it's gonna suck having to deal with evictions. It's going to suck having to deal with this. You have to look at the long term on this. This is about long term wealth. It's about long term wealth. So this is the way you're going to build wealth. You might have to deal with that at, at the front end. <coughs> you might have to deal with that at the front end, but it's going to pay off. Over time, you'll probably find people to help you do some of this minor stuff. You might find a little handyman that's retired that can do this stuff, you know, on the side. You'll be able to find those guys to help you out. You got to just get into the get into the game. Once you get into game, you'll learn tricks of the trade. You'll meet with other investors. You'll learn uh, stuff to save you time. You'll learn how to delegate. You'll learn how to manage your properties. And before you know it, you'll, you'll get the hang of it. It's just like riding a bike. The first time you got on a bike, you fell down. Okay, that, that's cool. You got back up. You learned how to ride. Before time, you didn't need nobody's help to ride that bike. It's the same thing with real estate investing. A lot of times, people allow the fear and the procrastination to get into place or they wait for this, just the right deal. They wait for just the right deal. There's never going to be just the right deal. You know, you got to make sure that you leave emotion out of, the, out, of this, out of the whole thing because emotion and real estate investing don't go together. You can't combine those. If you try to combine those, you're going to be waiting for deals forever. Uh, you're going to be overpaying for deals and, and you're going to be mad at yourself. So, hey, guys, I hope these 10 uh, steps helped you out. If you're ready for 2021, if you're ready to, to, to crush it, give me a thumbs up. Just let me know you're in the game and just let me know if this, this video added value to you. And if you know someone that, that's talked about real estate investing, share this video with them. Share it out for me. I appreciate, I appreciate that. Thank you guys for watching.